0: Hello everybody, and welcome to another episode of Adventures in the Creative Industries. My name is Eric Ravaglia, as usual, your one-man band, and today I'm sitting with Gavin White. Gavin is a director of photography working in the commercial world. He's been in the Creative Industries about the same time as I have, and we met along the path about five years ago, uh, thanks to the Studio Something guys where we collaborated for a few projects. Gav today managed to progress his career from one-man band, video guy, working on mostly direct client projects to director of photography, working with a production company for bigger commercial work. It was a real journey for him to improve his career one step at a time, learning, constantly learning something new, constantly edging towards that position he sought after Until he got a break, until he got an opportunity to go off and do it. And because he spent so long in his career preparing for it, when he came to it, he had it. He knew what he was going to do. And you know, I I love a good story and Gav has a really good one. If you don't have much time and you just want to hear how he, he managed to change his career as a freelancer, you can go to one hour and 20th minute. Yes, one hour and 20th minute. This is another one of those long podcasts. I think there is a lot of value in this. I hope you have a good time and uh, we can entertain you in the background and you can learn something. Here we go. Gavin. Hello. Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me some. Give me love and <sighs> Every I missed day. I morning so I had to go
1: and get her. Uh, what? I have missed breakfast, so I was going to get a croissant.
0: I see. Yeah, You're going and for a, a healthy breakfast there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> almond croissant. Very sweet. Is that thing that at the moment you become a father, you just can't eat healthy anymore. No,
1: it's it, it's basically impossible.
0: Are you going to the gym or something? No, that's even worse. <laughs>
1: not doing anything. Nothing at all. I'm going to the chiropractor because I have a sore back. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it. <Sorry.
0: laughs> <laughs> there. God, okay. So I went to the chiropractor too. You know, I have my own chiropractor. Which chiropractor? You must have a chiropractor Oh, you I mean? only,
1: only just. I only my second session, so I went to one just on. Uh, you know, Holy Corner. Yeah. So up to Morningside. So yeah, there's yeah. a guy called Joey. There. Um, it's quite mm-hmm. a funny guy. <laughs> he? he's From Chicago. It's very loud. Um. So yeah, it's been it's been good. Two sessions. I feel much better.
0: Did he crack your neck? He
1: cracked my neck and my. Spine and my hips and everything else <laughs> all bent out of shape. Did the, the, the so.
0: thing with the with the little bed, the depressed the thing, in the bed goes like boom. Yeah, I yeah. think that just adds to the effect. I that. think so.
1: Well, he he was trying like my my kind of middle of my spine, and he was like, I can't get it, but and then he just like cranked the cranked the bed up and then just like dropped me down and yeah. did it, and he's like, there we go. That's part it. of the show. That's <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's know? all it's all part of the show. I think
0: so. It's like it's um. Where, okay, so I I enjoyed. Going to the chiropractor. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't go anymore just because there's none near my area. Okay. So it's like, I need to go hunt for one. Yeah, yeah, there. Yeah. It's not going to happen. It's expensive as well. As well. Yeah. yeah it's a very expensive yeah. thing. When you start reading into it, it's just pure snake oil. It's showmanship. So, yeah. yeah. Totally. But if it
1: makes you feel good in your head. Yeah.
0: And I'm only going to go for
1: like one other session yeah, and that's then I'm, it. And I'm done. To um, be
0: honest, I went in, I could barely walk. Yeah. I, like after three months, yeah. four months. Expensive. But I was fine. Mm hmm. You know, I think that she fixed me. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I was,
1: I was struggling to pick it up before I went. Really? And whether that was in my head or not, after I went, I can, I feel fine. So. And for
0: people that know you, you, I don't want to say you're buffed, but you're like you're healthy, you're fit, you're a fit guy. Thanks, Eric. Yeah, it's true. You're a good-looking fit guy, um, but I can't believe you had. Yeah, I, I think lower I, back. Well, or?
1: yeah, I mean, I think we we basically got to the bottom of it. It was lifting her in her car seat, and the pram, up the stairs, so we got two flights of stairs to our flat, oh, yeah, and you know, yeah, you're yeah. like holding it out to the side, your spine's all twisted, oh wait a second, did you know Then you've got balance? like shopping bags right. in the other hand, you got like a rucksack on your back, so just too much of that for the last eight months, Oh God. and uh, he was like, yeah, it won't take long to sort it out, and it, Yeah, it hasn't to be fair he was like i'd rather do i'd rather you didn't come back was basically what he said so right that's what
0: they say and then two years later no i mean no
1: he said he did say that but i'll I'll go for i've got one more session on saturday and then i'm done i'm whether he says i'm going to come back or not i'm not going
0: back the most satisfying thing is when they crack your neck it's great i remember the first time she did it with me Mm -hmm. you went like okay we're gonna crack your neck now okay she gets you know, she gets your your your, your fingers, yeah, you know, her hands on you. She's mm-hmm. not like tapping on your neck and mm-hmm. then it goes like crack mm-hmm. and I <laughs> I said Ah motherfucker <laughs> I think my words are holy shit <laughs> <laughs> She's not cracking up. <laughs> I basically went through my, my second session. It's, the first session is just an assessment yeah. session, I don't need to do anything. Yeah. The second session, uh, swearing mm-hmm. through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. It was it was mind it mind boggling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I cracked like like yeah. Kenorio. <laughs> yeah, he
1: got he got a lot he got a lot of uh he got a lot out of me on the second
0: session. Yeah. Right, so here's the story, right. So I get a phone call um 2 weeks ago. It's an unknown number, you know that. It's uh, PPI 99% of the time, right. Mm-hmm. I answer, "Hello." And he's like, "Hi there. This is uh, PC Smith. I'm from Edinburgh, uh police." I was like, <laughs> I was like yes <laughs> you know you, you answer very cocky because you think it's ppi and you end mm-hmm. up like oh yes hi <laughs> i felt like i went falsetto and the guy was like no 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 don't worry i have this this is um i'm, I'm running an investigation I'm all like, right okay uh-huh. what's going on and he goes like have you have gone for a sport massage and i was like yeah, like two years ago, about. Yeah, I went two, three times, yeah. Which one did you go? I say like, this is a weird investigation, sir. Mm-hmm. And I'm always like, okay, so yes, yeah, so I went to this place on Easter Road, um, Edinburgh. Very nice guy, you know. Um, it wasn't really for me, like, it was helping my shoulders. I had very sore shoulders, so I best tell you with my workout at the time when I did work. Out. <clears throat> and he uh, got the guy. <laughs> the guy was like, okay, So that is him. And I was like, what happened, sir? And I was like, well, we are investigating the guy for sexual misconduct. And I was like, excuse me? Has he ever touched your genitals (laughs) while giving you a massage? And I was like, I was struck. You know, when you're like, it was like, what? What? (laughs) (laughs) I would say, has he ever touched your genitals? And I was like, no <laughs> as he, as he grazed <laughs> over them or like you know inadvertently touched them while I was giving you a massage and I was like no I was mostly getting like a back uh, and top and shoulder massage uh-huh. so it didn't get anyone near my jail. and I said I even had a shower in his flat <laughs> <laughs> and the policeman was like oh don't worry about that um, thank you very much for your help and he hung up no way <laughs> what <I> <laughs> So the first thing I did was Google yeah, the whole thing, of course. And Jesus Christ! So the story goes that this guy, um, just like you know, the people that came forward. Yeah. Like, who knows how many people did not? Go yeah. Forward. So a sure. lot of men. He, he was one of the best sport uh, suits in Edinburgh. Okay. Like by far, mm-hmm. he was fully trained, and he had this very like sport-minded approach to the whole thing, Gav. Mm-hmm. Like, seriously, you go in, shows you the skeleton, says, okay, we're gonna touch this muscle, okay. we're gonna touch this muscle, it was, was no, it uh, could have been bullshit, Sure, you know? The reviews, like, yes, he still has hundreds of good reviews. Yeah. If you go on TripAdvisor, Google review, anyway, anyway. So, <laughs> one of the story goes that a guy ejaculated while having a massage. Okay, it? So, apparently, <clears throat> he, the, <laughs> the guy on the table got hard and the masseuse grab him and give him a good old hand job. And the guy came and then went to the police. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you what can't get fuck? a handy and then go to the police. It's no, not how it works. not how it works. <laughs> <laughs> if you're playing ball, yeah. <laughs> it's like, what? That's so, That's so, fucked, so up. fucked up. And then it was like, Le- the legitimate one not well this is is not like this was not legitimate but like clearly this guy decided to play ball and then felt bad about himself yeah. and then went to the police yeah but there were other there were other instances where he actually just you know you weren't just like touch the well, up yeah, yeah just touch a junk for a yeah. little bit you know give a wee, a wee pat it's <laughs> like that, i get it you know you're there and it's like right fine you know that's not that's not he'd done with me I would have been like why are you touching my genitals <laughs> like, <laughs> You should, like you should do my person. shoulders. Yeah, you, know? yeah, yeah. you don't need to be down there. <laughs> yeah, how are you reaching? There? <laughs> <laughs> Why? Uh, but um, yeah, and then I had a shower because I hate being oily. It's the thing I cannot deal with being oily. Mm-hmm. Like you know, you do the oil and then you're like, oh god, <laughs> I kind can't of easier the shower. Um, but yeah, that was that was. We- I felt violated. Very bizarre. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Very <laughs> and bizarre. apparently, this guy's been doing it for years. This is the second time the police investigate him. Fucking hell. I was like, he really likes it. And do you know what? You go inside his house, because he did it inside his flat, so mm-hmm. meet, which makes it extra creepy, sure. right? And he had pictures of him and his, I thought it was his husband or okay. boyfriend or whatever. And like, it so felt like a very balanced guy. Sure. Clearly not <laughs> <laughs> and i was like they put like the worst picture of him coming out of the court as well It looked like a massive creep I was oh like. no so yeah that was that was that was so you know like life you, It's always very boring you're doing your thing you know rarely you know you have your ups and downs like you never come across like and the police phone yeah yeah it's like out of the blue and it <laughs> yeah. says this, this guy touched your genitals it's like what What's happening here?
1: It sounds like they probably phoned a lot of people, given how short yeah. the conversation was with you. Obviously, there's going to be no further lead on this, so you just hung up <laughs> and say, just went on, on a, to the next person. Say, yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: he, I mean, this guy's been doing it for years, so he had uh, probably hundreds of... they have just boys.
1: been going through his contact list. Yeah, all of them. Yeah.
0: That was a weird way to open the podcast. Yeah, it's fine. I like it. <laughs> it's so, like a random
1: story like that.
0: <laughs> yes. Hello, Gav. How you doing, man?
1: I'm good, thanks. I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm tired.
1: Yeah. 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 Forever tired. <laughs> Forever
0: tired. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gav um, and I both became parents um, this year. Did you? Uh, was that like end, end of last year? End of,
1: yeah. 28th of October 28th of last year. October, yes. Uh, so
0: Gav is a bit ahead of me. She's been uh, yeah. a good... A good not, uh, not
1: too far, but enough to be, to warn you of what's coming. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think like in baby uh, age... One month makes all the difference at For this sure. stage. Yeah, it's incredible. It's like if, if like it is on another level compared yeah. to me. Yeah, but then like down the road, it'll make no sense. It'll yeah. be like six months would be nothing. Yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah. In the early, especially I think in the first year, there's just there's just so many tipping points where they just change like so dramatically. Yeah, over a very short period of time. And if you're not expecting it, it, can, <laughs> it, <laughs> it really pulls on. a rug out from underneath <laughs> you. <laughs> To be kind. Yeah, to be
0: kind, yeah. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, it's an incredible thing. Like, you never think about this stuff and then all of a sudden you're in it and they're like, yeah. oh, it's right. It's all
1: consuming. I mean, it's amazing, but it's, yeah, it's it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, and um, you're, you're running on fumes for a lot of the time. Yeah, that's it, um,
0: yeah. You're, you have, you're just tired constantly. Yeah. You're, yeah. You just, you see you pee your head down. If you're not careful, you're going to fall asleep. <laughs> yeah, that's right, yeah, <laughs> like, definitely. Uh, It's interesting how the shift it does in your life we were talking about yeah before this interview yeah and it's like hmm
1: well i think it's just you know bef- before etta arrived stace and i were really quite career focused you know we we worked a lot like the two of us worked we're both freelance so you know, I was working loads. Stacey was working loads.
0: And Stacey's uh, freelance jeweler. Yes, was freelance jeweler. At the time.
1: Yeah, at, yeah, at the time. Yeah, um, and we were just working all the time. And it was funny because we were we were chatting about, you know, what did we do and what did we talk about before Etta arrived. And a lot of the time, it's just work. You know, we, we talked <laughs> a lot about work and we we worked a lot, like yeah. tons. And then she arrived, and it kind of just puts things into perspective a little bit and. You take your foot off the gas a little bit and it's, you know, makes you think about what's actually important. And do you need to be working all those hours, all those days? And, you know, or can you can you try and find more of a balance? So
0: it's been it's been really nice. It's been refreshing. Um, It's like somebody comes, slaps you in the face and tells you to change your course. Yeah. It's like you don't need money. Yeah, You have me now. Yeah. Slap in the face. Yeah. Stop you know, there's so there's things
1: you know, there's other things in life that just that you thought were really, really important just become kind of insignificant. It's and amazing. They, and like they don't they really matter anymore. Yeah. yeah.
0: You get told that mm-hmm. and then you're like, nah, you know, I really want this thing, shiny thing, new thing, I yeah. like it. I'm gonna buy this new camera and yeah. then all of a sudden you have a baby and it's like, nah, it doesn't matter. No. Nah, it no. looks okay. Yeah. It's okay. It's fine, that like, this will yeah. be fine. I can get by. I used to see like <clears throat> professionals working with like very old computers. Mm-hmm. Like Five or six-year-old max mm. and stuff. So like, why, you know, you're a professional. You need a new computer. Yeah. Then you have a child and you're like, no, you yeah. don't need a new computer. You don't that's need fine. it. It works fine. If it works, it's good. Just man. keep it. It's keep fine. It. Yeah. yeah. You gotta buy her uh, sleep suits and that's it. Socks. That's like yeah. That's why I bought a phone. Uh, I got a phone before um, the whole ordeal. Actually, let me put
1: yeah, I don't think I'll ever upgrade my phone again.
0: Yeah, so I was like, I'm good, man. Yeah. I'm, for the next five years, it works. Yeah. It takes good pictures. That's there all I wanted. That's, That's all I it. want, yeah. I'm happy. Um, so, Gav, i like to introduce people to how we met and how I'm, I'm in contact with, 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 with my guests. Mm-hmm. And with you, we have met around, I think it was 2013 or 2014. Yeah, that sounds about right. And you had just started your video career i mean like you've been mm-hmm. doubling for a bit
1: yeah i've been doubling for a bit but that was certainly the point where i was um it was the only thing i was doing
0: yes yeah. because um you went to law school i did and you wanted to become gavin white lawyer yeah i thought i did i remember feeling very um like, wow you know cause I, I growing up i wanted to become a lawyer before i realized how much work it needs And yeah. I was like, nah, i'm not gonna become a lawyer Fuck yeah. up. No. but why
1: why did I want to become a lawyer yeah. in the first place? Mm-hmm. Well, so it, it was kind of, um, it was totally my own doing. And I'd studied psychology before. And I'd come out and I thought, you know what? I don't know what I'm doing with this. I don't really want to get into a research uh, position at the uni. I don't really want to lecture with this. I don't know where I'm going. You know, a year down the line, slight panic. I should, I should find something that's like really vocational, something that's just going to get me a job at the end of it. And, you know, I looked at a few things and, and this was like something that was interesting to me. Like, I, I, you know, I still find law interesting. And it was also quite a quick way to to get a career. You know, it, I, I came into it because I'd done my psychology degree, I only needed to do two years of law before I could do the diploma and then get a job. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have to do another four years, another five years of something before I could get a career. So I came to Edinburgh and I did, did my two years uh, at Edinburgh and I got my degree and I did my diploma and I got my traineeship and it just all happened quite quickly and it felt, at the time, it felt good. You know, I enjoyed studying it. Um, you know, I do find it like an interesting an interesting subject and it gave me kind of a focus and it allowed me to sort of just concentrate on one thing and and move forward with that. Whereas prior to that, I was kind of just shifting side to side. I didn't really know what was happening or what I was doing. Um I got into do, I, I got into studying it. It was was, was interesting and yeah. I, I got my traineeship and you know everybody was like, oh this is you know great. This is really good. Congratulations. And and you know, it's I still see it as a good achievement. I don't see it as a waste of time. Mm. I still see it as an achievement in my life. And it wasn't really until I got into the into the actual world of working. Right. In law. So I worked for a big commercial firm for, for two years. So that was my traineeship.
0: What were you doing these two years?
1: Uh, So the two years, so basically um, they split it into four seats. So you spend six months in uh, various departments. So four departments, six months in each. So I was doing, let me see if I can remember. I did um, sort of IT and telecommunications department. I did a secondment to Royal London. I did um, a construction seat. And then I did... Uh, see Eric I kind of phase this out, my, <laughs> out of my right memory I can't remember what the last C was but anyway it did right. you know and it's supposed to give you a taster for your kind of round rounded view of what the company does and then basically after those two years you'll go into one department and you'll specialize and then you'll just work your way so up you'll
0: decide there. what you're interested in basically.
1: exactly okay. and I quickly learned from the very beginning that I wasn't interested in any of that stuff like I didn't want to do commercial stuff. I didn't want to spend my evenings and weekends negotiating the sale of a car park somewhere, you know, just, you know, the finer points of like the world's most boring contract, uh, you know, and I, and, they, and they work you really hard and you're there very early in the morning to very late at night. You're on call when you're at home, you know, you've got um, your weekends, you potentially have to come in just to catch up on stuff. Um, it's quite high pressured. Just wasn't really, you know, I felt like if I'm going to throw myself into something this much and give up this much of my life for something, I should really be loving what I'm doing. Yeah. And I wasn't really loving it enough.
0: So how, because like from what you're saying, the trade-off is huge, like they're basically yeah. taking over your life. Yeah. So how much money do you make for like giving everything up? Like if you're like, a, let's say that well, you're like a me- middle of the road. Yeah, going, I mean, know, if you, if, five for, your, years in, 10 years for your
1: traineeship in. is not bad. It's, I mean, the pay is pretty good and, and it, it quickly goes up after that. Right. So if money was a real driving force, then it's a good career to get into. Like if you're, if you're willing to, to put in the hours, it wouldn't take you very long to get into a position where you're very well compensated for the time spent mm-hmm. doing the work.
0: But to find that like it's like what, 80 grand, 100 grand. Well, um, 50, 60.
1: So I started out on uh 24, and then after the first year, went up to around 25 and a half. Mm-hmm. So you know, for someone coming straight out of uni, that's that's, that's a quite big, big, that's a good wage to yeah, start on, you know, it's wage, pretty yeah. good. And then it would it would jump quite significantly to maybe 34 to 36,
0: which in Scotland, you are laughing, you yes, it's great, year, you're it's that. great,
1: and that's and that's for. You know, relatively um, new solicitor, mm-hmm. and then you, you you move up to Pretty, senior so, senior solicitors, like, yeah. and then associates, and then and partners. And I don't really know what a partner would make, but it would it would be significant. It'd yeah. be substantial. Yeah.
0: So, like, yeah. if money was your main driving force, for sure, becoming a lawyer probably is what you want to do.
1: Yeah, and it and it and you can progress quite quickly through that. You know, you lots of lawyers move from firm to firm in order to sort of uh, move up move up the ladder right. uh, in terms of their position. You can get to a senior associate position quite quickly at quite a young age. Right, okay. So it doesn't, you know, it's 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 a, a steep trajectory if you're
0: wanting to uh, progress through that. That's very interesting. So I'm, yeah. I, I bet there is a lot of demand for good lawyers.
1: Yeah, there is. Um, there's a lot of demand. There's a lot of competition, huge mm. competition, especially for, for traineeships and... Um, firms tend to have the, the the pick of the bunch you know they can they can really filter out people that they mm. that they don't want to to join the firm so it's very competitive
0: so when you got in that was a big deal for you yeah
1: right? it was at the time and I was excited like ah. i genuinely was i th- you know i was like this is this is I, I kind of felt like all right i've in terms of a career i've actually got some purpose now yeah you know i'm in i've you know gone through through the the um interview processes at length, the interview process, like multiple yeah. interviews, multiple uh, days and all that kind of stuff, uh, within the firm to kind of assess you and your ability and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So yeah, there was a, there was definitely a sense of achievement and it was really only getting into it. Like I said, that I discovered that actually the work life within the firm wasn't, we just didn't fit. We didn't, we right. didn't gel, uh. I find myself sort of fighting against it quite a lot. Right. Um, what was
0: it? What was it? What were so you didn't agree with? And um. It,
1: it's it's re- like a, you know, kind of. i like I was saying, it's just you 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 need to give everything to okay, it. Okay. Okay. So you, you, have you were to, fighting that. Yeah, I and you have to, to it. love it in order to to give it everything that's required. You really have to love it. You have to want to live and breathe the law. You do, yeah. Seriously, it's, it, it's, it's as lame as that sounds. That's exactly what you need to do in order to be to be happy spending your evenings negotiating contracts. You just have to love it. Yeah, and it, it was that that made me realize, okay, what I need to do is something that I actually love doing. If I'm going to spend a lot of time doing something, yeah, it has. I have to want to wake up in the morning and do it. I don't want to wake up in the morning and feel like. Oh, I don't really want to go in. I don't want to have to deal with that phone call. I don't want to have to deal with that That's email. It. Game over. It's game over. Game yeah, and game I realised that quite quickly. So I spent that two years uh,
0: fairly unhappy
1: in my right. what I was doing, but I felt I needed to finish it. I couldn't just walk away from from that.
0: That's true. You're a finisher, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> so you done the two years, <laughs> endure yeah, it, and then you're like. No, thank you. Yeah, no thanks. They must have been real pissed as well because they invested so much time. When they they weren't actually they to were be not. no. To be
1: fair, they were they were really really supportive. And actually, in my last seat, I kind of <clears throat> I kind of confided in one of the the my colleagues, senior mm-hmm. colleagues, and it turned out he'd been in a similar position to me. He hadn't enjoyed his traineeship, but he just carried it on. Yeah. In actual fact, he, he, he wanted the- he wanted to be a journalist,
0: oh, no. but he just
1: stayed with it, and he he since became a partner of the firm. And he, he kind of just, you know, reaffirmed exactly what I was thinking. And he was like, look, if this isn't what you want to do, then just, just, you
0: know, step I'm, away from it. I'm wondering how many are in that position. Well, f- in fun, the, in the, in, in,
1: qu- quite a few by, you know, a couple of trainees left right. within the six months of starting. One to become a primary school teacher, because that's what she always wanted to do.
0: Why? And, the, and the other know.
1: to and the other to go and be like a record producer because he just loved music and he wanted to work in a studio. He didn't want he didn't really want to be a lawyer, but probably kind of the way I was thinking of is very vocational. You're you're gonna find a job. You're going to get a career. Yeah. Whereas those some other things you do in life record producer you might not make a career from that
0: yeah to be fair it's not like you go into school and you sit down and it's like okay now we're gonna discuss the profession of a director of photography yeah exactly <laughs> Generally, yeah it's, the,
1: it's not it's, it's lawyer doctor it's the classic profession so, i mean yeah, like, engineer whatever. to be
0: fair mm-hmm. like closed school got me in and um, i think a couple of times talked to the kids and showed cool. them animation and stop yeah. motion animation and they were so into it they okay. were so excited about cool. it, and some of the kids were really good. And yeah, so like, you know, you you could definitely do this if yeah. you want to. So things are changing, but the way we grew up, even in the different countries, it's yeah. the same principles. Like doctor, lawyers. That's why I wanted to be a lawyer because I was like, you know, I I'm always defending my other classmates against the teachers. I'm always the first one coming up with like reasons why okay. that score was not good enough. You yeah. Know? Uh, so I have always been told when I was young, "Oh, you're gonna be a good lawyer. You're gonna okay. be a good lawyer." And then I was like. But this is very boring yeah <laughs> i wanted to but it's then not like, exciting. yeah then i went to, to high school started doing drama and i was like i like yeah. drama more yeah.
1: there <laughs> you like, go there you go done <laughs> for some people it is really exciting you know i worked with people that really got excited about it oh i bet i bet and that's that's what you need that's the attitude you imagine
0: need. that though you're excited to be a lawyer yeah you're gonna be making a lot of cash sure giving away your life for the profession, but sure. like if you do like it, then you sure. know, massive tough. You're gonna have a great time. Totally. So yeah. bless them. Really yeah, do yeah. <laughs> bless yeah. them. Yeah, we need more of them. Yeah. <laughs> you said you studied psychology first.
1: Yes. So I did. Uh, I did my undergrad at Glasgow. So I studied. I came out of high. It was, it was kind of a, a similar scenario when I was in finishing up high school. Didn't really know. What I wanted to do, where I wanted to be, the options really mm-hmm. that we were given—I'm sure you we were the same in in high school—were go to university or kind of get a trade. Yeah, you know, those yeah. are the sort of two things you did. That's it. And and everybody went to university that I knew. We were all all pals went to university, <laughs> yeah. and that was exciting. So you know, I'd done psychology in my final year of high school, and I was like, I really like this. This is like super interesting. I st- I still find it really interesting. Mm-hmm. So I went to I went to study that at Glasgow and it was great and I I really enjoyed it. It was good. Um, it was a good four years. Uh, met a lot of interesting people. Studied a lot of interesting
0: subjects.
1: Um, but
0: just didn't do it for you professionally.
1: Yeah, and I I don't know. It just at the end of that, it was sort of all right. Here's your options: you do a masters, then a PhD, or you teach and that was kind of that was about kind of it and i was actually
0: practicing
1: well i wasn't really sure about you know a lot of it was more it was steered more towards the academia right. and staying within the university and and, and working as a that's how that's how stuff. the business
0: works sure they are recruiting yeah
1: they're recruiting so yeah there's been a few a few stages in my in my career where i've i've had to think about what i want to do and sort of maybe taken a step forward not fully knowing if it was exactly right thing to do
0: right at the time and you were like okay you know what law law is gonna be solid i'm gonna do that yeah you know like i was very impressed because then you 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 just said you know what i i want to be i want to do video i like making videos yeah and i'm sure that's them for something you've been doing already
1: yeah yeah i mean and and it's it is a it's a a proper cliche but i did make videos and films with my friends when i was younger so like my very early teen Mm -hmm. teenage years that was our hobby you know we we'd watch movies and then we would we would try and make them ourselves you yeah. know like we made a version of saving private ryan we did a version of psycho we did like all sorts of stuff i'm
0: getting some dozens creek vibes here yeah 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 <laughs> definitely
1: and and somewhere one of my pals owns the old like tapes somewhere i'm sure of it um that
0: would be something very i would l- good l- to i would love to out. see them again like i would yeah. i
1: really would so that yeah i definitely i was excited about that from a very young age and then uh, during my traineeship, when I was doing my le- uh, legal traineeship, when I you know it was it was very quickly after starting that I realised that wasn't the right move. Um, so I so I you know I kind of just took some time to think about what got me excited, what was yeah. the stuff that got me excited when I was younger, and it was it was music and it was making films. So while I was working for those two years, I'd spend almost every weekend, evening, holiday, filming, whatever I could, whatever I could get my hands on, uh, trying to build up a portfolio, trying to build up a skill set that when I finally stepped away from the, the law, legal world, I'd actually have something tangible I could show people mm-hmm. and say, okay, I can actually do this rather than waiting two years and then starting it yeah, and, you know, kind of starting on the back foot because it's a big leap to jump out into the freelance world if you've got nothing to show people. That's a scary thing. It's a
0: scary place. To... Yeah. Especially if you're nothing. <laughs> yeah. If you've got nothing, it's a very scary place. Jesus it's a Christ. big ocean. <laughs> yeah. And, and at the same time, right, you were making videos. Mm-hmm. You were in a band. I was, yeah. <laughs>
1: so I was doing the two things I feel like I probably should have done straight out of yeah. high school. Because you
0: are an excellent drummer. Thank you, and um, yeah, actually, I went through all your songs. <laughs> Did you? For the band is called Pose Victorious. Yeah, and you can still find it on Spotify. You can, yeah. And you can find there. some of the videos on uh, YouTube. You can also find the videos on YouTube, yeah, and yeah. It's Li- live, see. and
1: uh, otherwise. Yes, yeah, yeah.
0: And it's funny to see um, people that I got to know, yeah. like later on, sure. Um, in the story, seeing them so young, yeah. I mean, like Bago looks like uh from oasis yeah from yeah from the 90s 90s oasis jordan had like longer hair yeah jordan and had the emo air yeah um I, I i couldn't i couldn't wrap my head around that. ross was the actual singer
1: yeah he's an amazing I, and I, uh, oh he's a great songwriter singer it was great to see him and yeah. like
0: you were rocking in the background <laughs> blonde who <Blonde. laughs> head of hair just having the time of your life yeah
1: man that was a great time
0: so tell me about tell me about the band because I read some of the reviews. I'm sure that some of it Jordan wrote himself, but uh, <laughs> yeah, probably <laughs> but, some of those uh, five star reviews, maybe yeah, on some blogs. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably like Jordan's mate. I'm gonna, <laughs> look, I'm gonna write a review and send it. Hey, some of them were legit. Come on, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, nah. you guys, you guys had like had a good thing going on. Yeah, we did.
1: We I'm trying to think. We we probably played together for four or five years. Um. It was just like it was honestly the best time. It was so much fun. We were just just playing what we wanted to play. We were gigging when we wanted to gig. We were we had our own van. So Jack, who was the fifth member, um, his old man uh was a joiner. So he gave us his old van. His brother-in-law like kitted it out so he put extra seats in the back, That's he amazing. put like a sound system in the back, yes. he harp like, is all. Uh, you know, left us, like, space so we could, like, lay some uh, sleeping bags out if we needed to sleep there, and, you know, yeah <laughs> So, like, we, we, we essentially had our own, like, you know, touring van, in a loose sense of the word, but we had our own, like, touring van, so we could pile all our kit in, we could drive to wherever we wanted to, to gig, we could stay, or we could drive back, whatever it was, but yeah. it was just ace. Like, we, we would rehearse, like, for years, we'd rehearse maybe two or three times a week, and we would gig at least once a week.
0: If not twice. And not just that, you've done all the gigs that are sort of like the journey of becoming a, oh, sure. a band in Scotland. Sure. So I've seen like you've done smaller gigs and mm-hmm. then then I see you've done the King Tats, which is kind of like... Yeah, that was great. Yeah. It's like a milestone like a, a, I mean, like a milestone. For it's a, a milestone bar. for sure, yeah. And then from there it's like growing and possibly get to the bars or whatever. But like yeah. what happened? Because it felt like you guys had a good vibe going on. Yeah,
1: definitely. I mean... Like I said, it was incredibly good fun, and still really close to all the guys. And uh, the, I think just after a while, when you're 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 doing so many gigs and you're you're playing loads and loads, and you you're kind of always in the back of your mind, you're thinking, right, where is this going to go, and when is it gonna when is it gonna take the next step up? Mm-hmm. And it, I think maybe for like the last year that we played, we were sort of just getting a bit tired of doing, mm. we, we kind of maybe just felt like we were floating sideways rather than going forward. Like we, we went forward quite quickly and we did loads of cool stuff. We recorded some, like with some great people and, uh, Yeah, cause
0: you guys had a heavy hitter straight away, yeah. straight off the bat. Straight off the a bat. very good producer.
1: Yeah, massive. So we, we, we recorded our first AP with, with Owen Morris who did Oasis and Ash and The View and, you know, we, We recorded our first like vague name yeah, huge i mean that was a that was an enormous boost for us so we did three tracks with him and that just sort of that just pushed us right into the forefront of the music scene probably in central edinburgh for a while um but you know unless there's like you know that 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 was fantastic but unless there's you know another boost like you know you know a wee bit down the line then it's it kind of fizzles out after a while and it's only so long you can, you can tout that, yeah. you know, before people start. Yeah, to that get, wave is going to, it's going to yeah. get to the Naturally shore that wave is going to just, one, yeah. yeah, get smaller and smaller. So we did a whole bunch of stuff and we, we were, we were still really enjoying it. But I think there was a lot of, you know, we, we, we kind of sat down and we're like, right, let's start thinking about, let's stop saying yes to all the gigs. and Let's start thinking about the gigs we, we just want to do. Um, but then, you know, in, in the same breath, you're like, you, you still want to play live. Like, playing live is the whole, the whole point. So you, you, you kind of just say yes to stuff anyway just you to play live. You're like, oh, you know, we're just like, oh yeah. we'll just be like a it'll be like a practice gig for us. We'll just play that one. We'll just, be, just play that one. Yeah. But it was a lot of effort and it's a lot of money. You know, the upkeep for the van, our kit, getting places. You know, we'd all started working, like, properly. Yeah. So we'd all finished uni uh, and... Uh, well, say for Jack. Jack was Jack had worked his, uh, since he left left school, so he you know he was just getting busier with his work. Just finding the time, you know, around all that f- with with yeah. you know family and and girlfriends and things like this was just you, you start to just think about like, all right, where are we going with this, and and is it still as enjoyable as it was like two or three yeah. years ago? Um, so we decided to like you know take the, take the foot off the gas a little bit in terms of gigs and just start picking and choosing gigs a little bit. And then I think, you know, certainly for me, I started to, to listen to kind of different styles of music and I kind of wanted to incorporate that into into, into the band. And yeah. and, and I, I did, you know, I, I approached the guys with this, with this, with this idea. It's like, oh, I think we should sort of change our sound a little bit and stuff. And all credit to them, like, everybody was open to the idea mm-hmm. and we all tried it and... Kind of see where we went, and I think it just naturally fizzled, fizzled. fizzled out. I think it just naturally fizzled out, and and you know, I think if you if it starts to become a chore rather than an like pure enjoyment, yeah. then it's kind of natural just to to let it
0: finish. It's interesting because years later, we're we gonna we're gonna like fast forward a few years later. Okay, you and the guys worked on. Between Atlantic yeah. documentary. Yes. And our, we worked. Yeah. I, was, I was in the edit and yeah. um, I did the first edit. I think and then it from It was a beast. It it was, it, you guys have shot so much footage. Yeah. like, you know yeah. when th- things are named ac117923.xmf XMF. you're like, what is that yeah. Me and there's like hundreds of those yeah i know you. anyway so <laughs> the <laughs> i learned so much about bands because they mm-hmm. were so open all of them yeah. very open about yeah it. and the fact that they got for 10 years before they even got it anywhere yeah and they went through the same stuff you guys went through sure but they kept on going yeah. and they gave up so much of their yeah. lives yeah. it was so like when you when you hear the interviews I mean like the documentary is fantastic I don't know where people can find it these days it was probably I, I, a honi- special I,
1: I honestly don't know um, I don't know if they ever released it doesn't seem like they ever released it
0: online I don't know if no, it, came it was like a special edition know, um, record for the fans and yeah. the documentary was fantastic because it was so honest and the the story and hearing how grueling mm-hmm. was for them mm-hmm. and the level of hustle they put in I was like of course mm-hmm. they made it because they just spearheaded their way into the industry yeah, one gig at a time yeah one country at a time mm-hmm. and like you have to have it in you there's no way around the like hearing what you're saying right now that everybody got a job and mm-hmm. life of took over and more important things happen mm-hmm. for them it never happened they no. never let it let it happen no. it was like that is dedication
1: I think the difference in that was that um for us it it kind of started as a as a hobby. Yeah, you know, we already had other interests, and it started as a hobby. Whereas a band like like Twin Atlantic, they went into it, and that was everything for them. Everything. It was everything. Like that was their life. That is their life. They're still playing. They still they're playing. still playing. Yeah. So, still so, doing so they so they gave it, they're giving everything to it, so it yeah. has to work.
0: Yeah. Was, I got attached to the band after
1: after yeah, what they documented. Yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. I
0: was listening to an Italian an Italian radio and here it cons. You gotta oh, oh yeah. yeah I was like, Yes, yes. in Italy. Yes. Amazing. Right, sorry, man, what were you saying?
1: No, no, that's cool. No, I just think yeah, I just just like I said, that's that's that was the difference. Like we we had we had other things going on and if the band took off, that was great. That was a bonus, really. But right. I think for a different mentality. A different mentality. For a band like that it has to take off because they didn't have
0: any, they don't have anything to fall back on. That was the vibe. You? The whole thing, it was like, yeah. we were, they were telling us, they were you know, telling the stories when they were not doing very well and they were like desperate and they were like, this has to happen. we gave given everything up for this. Yeah, they've we given everything, yeah. A band. Yeah, they have to. And they did. Well, yeah, they so did, cool. they still are. And still I'm are. very happy for them. Yeah. Man. Besides, I remember when you started like a, a little experiment with Pablo and care yeah.
1: oh man that was awesome
0: and like i hate pablo because pablo is such a like no he's i love him super but talented. i also hate him because he's such a, such a talented guy but yeah. like he's he's just he wants to do one thing and one thing only and he's doing it i know and the focus is razor sharp and it's good at so many other things like mm-hmm. the band was great so I, I had the chance to see you live the one and we only played. time
1: so there's a funny story in that because i think how it all originated was um I think, well, Pablo has played in bands before and then he was doing some solo work and at the time, Ian was helping uh, Matthew a song by Toad Records. So he yeah. was sort of like his right-hand man. And I think Ian had been badgering Pablo for ages to, to gig again. It was like, come on, Pablo, just, just yes. play another I gig, play a another, another gig. And Pablo was, like, daily Pablo was like, no, I'm, you know, I'm focusing on my illustration and all this kind of stuff. So I think to like, to kind of, you know, a last-ditch attempt to get him the gig. Ian just booked him a gig at a at a song by Toad uh, gig at uh, Henry Cellar Bar. Mm-hmm. So he's like, Pablo, you're gonna open this gig. Yeah, in a way to kind of force him it into like, being like, right now you have to do it. And you guys are on the have bill like two weeks. You're on the poster. Yeah. So Pablo is like, okay, shit, right. So he recruited uh, Ken, who's his brother, yeah. to play bass, and Callum. Uh, yeah. who's just an incredible musician to, Absurd, to yeah. play uh, synth. And then I was on holiday at the time and I uh, got a text from Pablo and was like, hey, how would you feel about uh, playing a gig? And I was like, yeah, cool. That sounds that sounds great. I'm on holiday uh, just now. Like I'll be back on Sunday. When's yeah. the gig? And he's like, oh, it's Friday. <laughs> and I was like, okay. So I was like, right. I'm all, I won't get back till like late on Sunday. And if the gig's on Friday, we should probably like, we should, we should rehearse some stuff, you yeah. know? So we did, uh, I think we did two, about two and a half rehearsals from material that, that, the guys had written, uh, on maybe the Monday night and the Wednesday night, and then a little bit on Thursday yeah. or something. And then we gigged on Friday and, and then we never gigged and never and played again. again. I mean, and it was a I, great gig. Yeah, I, <laughs> dude, I, like I had so much fun. I, I, that reignited the spark for me Definitely, in terms yeah. of music like i just had a blast i loved the the style that they were playing and and i just thought the song composition was was brilliant and and everything just felt good there was like a ton of energy yeah. in there and i had an amazing amazing gig and i since then uh, probably for about a year, badgered Pablo and Callum and Ken to like let's yeah. let keep going. This is really good. Like this is this is great. And we maybe went into the practice studio maybe like one or two more times after that gig. And for whatever reason, the guys just maybe weren't interested, and it just it just fizzled
0: out. Is that razor sharp focus that we're talking about? Yeah. Like? I think we all came with an open mind. Yeah, that we like, well, was good. Do you know <laughs> Do you know what they're gonna play? Nobody knew. Nobody knew the style. No, we hadn't, we hadn't
1: given anything away. We had nothing,
0: yeah. nothing. Like, absolutely. We like, didn't have time to give anything away. friends <laughs> playing. It's like a classic, right? Yeah, Your yeah. mates are playing, all right, let's go see the, yeah. the, the gig. And we were all in awe. It yeah. was like, how did they pull this off? It's so <laughs> good. Like everybody was like, this is new, this is fresh. Yeah, and it's it was like great, such man. a weird mix of sounds and like, Maybe I'll go back
1: and badger Pablo about it. I don't Again. think you're gonna win it. Like
0: not. Pablo Pablo okay, so let's let's we need to tell this because so people don't know what the fuck you're talking about. So, okay, Pablo's been on the on the podcast, Pablo Clark and he's an illustrator. Yeah. And Ian and Jordan are the studio something guys, yep. founders, and we'll, we'll get to the story. Um Callum works often with them. Yep. Callum is a musician. I don't yep. know if he's now just purely writing uh, music for i think so commercials for, for or, commercials and films and yeah. stuff yeah he's doing a lot of sound score stuff. and sam who we said briefly now he's the i think he's the director of well so smart yeah it's ridiculous yeah um anyway so yes yeah, so it's, it's the studio something crew and ken's that studio something as Ken, well yeah, yeah. so it's pablo's uh, brother yeah. studio something as well now he's uh, i think he's an art director there um yeah, so those those were the times where <laughs> we, we saw, self- okay, so, st- so Studio Something, formally at uh, Something Something, mm-hmm. it was like, for a bit, it was like a hub Yeah. for creative people. Like, because yeah. they were all like, they were, we were all friends with them. Yeah. And we all came together in this weird, let's make shit yeah. sort of vibe. And yeah. there's a lot of music videos, which you show up for them. Yeah. And some of the animation stuff, which I did, and Well Park, which mm-hmm. I did with uh, Pablo. And uh, it was a very vibrant time mm-hmm. where we all had, like, I want to say fun. Yeah. It was not about money. It really wasn't. It was all about making something new. It wasn't about money because there wasn't any. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> there
1: was very little money.
0: Well, let's say that. Like, But we don't, we don't,
1: I think we'd all stepped away from something Yeah, secure. Yeah. And this was, this was like, a way for us all to create something together new. yeah yeah and and support each other in doing that
0: especially because you were there from before they even started so Yeah, you did you did uh, what was that music video um the well, one with the flares oh yeah there will be fireworks Fireworks was a band yeah, there so will be fireworks yeah. yeah and you guys did that music video yeah. i think that was the, ba- the first big like actual it,
1: it was the first like i mean w- we sort of approached that band we'd done some stuff for them before um live stuff for them and mm. we'd approached them and we're like, look, we want to start doing music videos. Can we, can we take a track and and do a music video for it? Like, you know, we'll just yeah. And they were amazing. They were just like, yeah, do whatever you want. Have fun. Like, yeah. Have fun with it. Go for it. Um good So advice. we did. That was our first like yeah foray into proper music video, like in terms of like a narrative and yeah putting it to music. And so it, it looked pretty good. I mean, like the yeah, music it worked was out great.
0: Yeah. And um, did that give you the confidence to move on then?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um. And it gave us the confidence to approach other bands and ask you know here's what we can do if you're looking for for music video work like this is what we can do uh as a collective you know as a as a small unit you know we can deliver something hopefully much more than yeah than the the kind of sum of the parts you know what i mean um so we'd we'd originally, so Jordan and myself and, and a, a guy called um, Scott Rankin and Gordon Barkley had been doing some live video recordings for bands at a studio in Straven just near Glasgow. The first band was There would Be Fireworks and we were just in this mindset. Where we were like, we want to just create stuff so we just want to film these guys playing live. We didn't know where we were going to do it yeah. and they were like, oh, well, we're recording our album at this amazing old mill in Straven. Uh, It's run by this guy called Marshall Craigmail. He's a total, like, sound whiz. I'm sure he'd be up for letting us use the space. And it was an incredible space. And we got there on the night and we had these, uh, I think we were all, we had like three 550Ds and all with like a 50, probably all had a 50mm lens on it because it was like the cheapest thing
0: you could buy. (laughs) Right, so this was on the (laughs) cusp. Of DSLR as becoming like yeah. big it video yeah. In video and yeah I think at the time the 5D Mark One was out yeah that'd be right and it was yeah. like revelation totally for the we industry. can afford it no it was too expensive, just expensive. it was way too much so money. the 550D was like the daft. <laughs> cousin of a 5d super one. cheap <laughs> it was like a crop minimal sensor. functions <laughs> yeah uh, super cheap cameras little plastic 50 mil lens on it and stuff but um, yeah you know you could put a 30 mil or a 50 mil yeah, on it and it
1: looked good yeah it was great it was a good camera for what we wanted it, it totally worked and we got there and we had uh, these little microphones on top of the on top of the cameras and i yeah. think Marshall just took pity on us and he was like you can't you, you can't can can't film that. this band yeah. and record with those so he's like why don't i mic it up like a studio session and I'll record all the audio, and I'll mix it down for you, Bless and I'll send you the track. And that just that just like made it like it's it, it maybe didn't look that good, but it sounded incredible. And from there, we did a series of them, maybe seven or eight, with different Scottish bands, um, all live. Marshall recorded all the tracks, uh, and then.
0: But this is the same place or this is know? all the
1: same place, yes, okay. it is all all at the this place called the Old Mill in Straven. I think it probably still is a recording studio. Mm-hmm. it's like a, a um you know it has like tiered seats and then a stage and then under underneath all of that is is all the recording space, oh, wow. okay, so it's lots like a of theater space, yeah, and lots of bands will do live sessions there, they oh, put yeah. on things like every year um and then from that, we recorded a band uh, at the time called Midnight Lion who were a uh, three piece from Glasgow and we'd seen them do, we'd seen someone else do a video for them in that same space uh, and we're like oh these guys are, these guys are really good, like we could make a really nice video for these guys. So they, we got them in, we did the live thing and very very shortly after that they changed their name and they got signed and they had, they got like a maybe, I don't know if it was an album deal or, or a couple of singles anyway. So we ended up never releasing those those uh, live recordings because right. they changed their name and they weren't they just weren't allowed to like the label yeah. said look no you can't you can't release those because we need we need to sell you it, as a package you yeah, can't yeah. you can't be doing like extra bits so what was the name of the band uh, so at the time it was Midnight Lion they changed their name to Prides and they and then their manager approached us and said would you like to shoot their first music video we're like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. This is this is actually a bit of money to make yeah. a like to make a to make a actually getting paid. To actually, was actually. that the
0: first time you guys got paid to make a video? Yeah, and we didn't really
1: get paid because we
0: spent all oh, the money on a music yeah, video, yeah.
1: and it wasn't that much money. You know, it was. I think I think they gave us two grand to make a music yeah. video.
0: For whoever out there that wants to start in video, music videos is the way to go. Right. It's a good start. It's a good start. It's but a good There's start. no money in music
1: videos. Just get your friends' bands. Uh, I mean, just approach bands. I mean, they. Bands are falling over themselves to have music videos made because one, the band doesn't have much money, but no doubt they'll have a creative idea. Yeah. And if you, if you, if you're willing to kind of put the time in for, for not much money, but, but to keep all of that creative control, you don't have anyone breathing down your neck to say, it's got to be this way and the other way. It's an amazing place to, to kind of express yourself and and try different things out and, and push the boundaries, uh, it's yeah. It's 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 probably the most common place people start is music yeah. videos, short films, and music videos.
0: Yeah. So like, if you want to start a video, yeah, that's the way to start. It's a great place to start. Yeah.
1: So we did. We started with live stuff, and then we moved on to music videos.
0: Yeah. So pride first music, music video. Yeah. So we had. Uh, uh,
1: it's really funny. Like, I could probably talk for a very, very long time about how I've met all the people that I know now. <laughs> yeah. But this was another instance where I met sort of. Uh, guys I've collaborated with a lot and they've just become really, really good friends. So there's a, a company called Double Take Projections. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steven and Dave McConaughey, they're twins. <laughs> the they, run a, they run a projection company and they are just killing it right now with and the projection. And they are absolutely mad. They're, they're, Lovely they're, people, they're crazy yeah. dudes. They're really, really good fun. But they were just starting out yeah. when we were just getting this first music video and we're like, right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to, we found this old castle ruin uh, near Air. We're gonna drive across there. It's in a it's in a public park, so we'll shoot it in the middle of the night, so we don't need any permission. Uh, and we're gonna get the band to play in front of it, and yeah. we're gonna project stuff onto the castle. Yes,
0: because Double T Productions, what well, they <laughs> production, Pro- projections. projections, yeah, um, they just have huge, huge projector. Yeah. Project- and yeah. they use it for like this big building projection exactly
1: you know they they projected onto the to the fourth rail bridge yeah. for for iron brew they they projected onto the castle for like the pop APO, you know yeah. they, they just they're all over the place up yeah. and down the uk but at the time they had one projector and we uh we did this music video for them and it was essentially just a performance piece they played in front of the castle this castle ruin they we projected onto it and we filmed it but the funny thing was that, that the label had sent a commissioner up from London. So yeah. the commissioner is the guy that basically like says yes or no to whatever production company yeah. wants to do a music deal for them. So he, for whatever reason, he said yes to us doing it, and he he flew up from London, which is totally crazy. And then we were in the middle of this park. It was teeming it down with rain, so it was like a <laughs> it was like a quagmire. It was just like <laughs> you know half a foot of water everywhere. We had the world's worst uh gazebo from like b and q we had an ikea table which (laughs) cost about 10 pounds and then we had this like eight grand projector balancing precariously on this this really wobbly ikea table that sounds about real and all of us just huddled in the rain (laughs) you know trying to keep trying to keep all our kit dry because we had no like covers to keep them apart from this gazebo we had nothing to keep them dry Um, and i think the commissioner just looked at us and was like what are are you guys doing are you like this is ridiculous. Like it's so unprofessional, <laughs> but it worked. Like we made it all work. Like everything worked, and it and the video came out fine. And and following on from that, we did, um, I want to say another four, for pride, for prides, yeah. yeah. Each each getting progressively bigger budgets. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's a shame what, what happened to them. Is they kind of disappeared? First? Yeah, so they, I think they, they were just, doing well for a while. Yeah, they well. were. They were but doing
1: really well, and I I don't know. They um, opened
0: for the the Commonwealth Games as well. Yeah,
1: that's right. They did some music videos uh, after we'd done the ones with them, and I don't know, it just fizzled out. I think they maybe just difference a of f- musical opinion or whatever. No, I don't know. Yeah, they yeah. just stopped there. That's yeah.
0: again, you know, it's one, it's, it's a case of like sure. you do, you have your chance, you hit big, and then you're like, nah, yeah, nah, yeah, exactly, not happening. But it's good. It was, a, it was a
1: springboard for for me anyway as well. Yeah, in terms of my career.
0: So because that was that was a big. St- I mean, like yeah. you went from. Trying out some like more like simple videos. Like, I can mm-hmm. remember you did um, a couple of simple commercials, small budgets. Yeah, small, small, small
1: budget stuff. Um, yeah. Mostly for, for online content.
0: Yeah, online content. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah, I was still doing still doing music videos, and um, but I was definitely pushing more into doing like branded content. So I was doing lots yeah. of sort of direct client stuff. To, you know, yeah. one one man band stuff. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, um, and like
0: it, for you at the time, you were clearly learning this. Because, mm-hmm. yes, you've done it since you were younger, mm-hmm. but like, really, you had very little money. So, you can, like, the thing with video is that if you want to learn it, like, it's very expensive. Yeah. Because you need to learn the right cameras, you need to use the right lenses. Yes. Yeah, it can be. You can you can get away mm-hmm. with very, like, you can, you can get away a with pretty camera. minimal. Yeah, yeah. You can, you can, definitely. Mm-hmm. But I think, like, once you start getting into better cameras, that's when you get, you make the jump. I think. In, in your career, especially, like I remember when you got the FS7, it was yeah. like
1: it was huge.
0: This is this is a new game I'm playing now.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, it's sort of at that time when I when I got the room I and the reason I bought that camera was I was getting jobs lined up and for the first time ever, production companies and clients were specifically asking for that camera. So you yeah. know that just seemed to become the household thing to shoot. All of your branded content on was this yeah. this FS7, and whether they knew what what that was or not, I don't know. Yeah. But they knew about it, and they were specifically asking for it. And I was like, I, I should just probably get I one. I should just <laughs> buy one, and and I'll hire it in on every job. And I did, and it and it paid for itself like so quickly. Yeah. Because I just had a I had a string of jobs that came up, and they were they were all requesting this camera. I was like, this just makes sense. I just got to mm-hmm. take the plunge. So I just took my savings and I bought that camera. And uh, yeah, thankfully it, it paid for itself, and, best and it's still it's okay. still a workhorse. I mean, I don't take it out nearly as much, yeah, uh, as I used to, but it's there, and I and it and it's yeah, it's still a great
0: camera. I remember you can just buy things to add to yeah, Odyssey video and yeah. You can do more. And yeah, it's like, <laughs> it was like a transformer at one yeah. point. it's this big piece. It, it, you can build it up pretty pretty huge. Yeah. Um, so what happened? What did you get afterwards?
1: So after that point, I mean, maybe I should go, I mean, um, prior to doing the music videos and prior to working with, with Jordan and stuff, I, I'd shot a bunch of short documentary pieces. That's what really, that's what really caught me. So I'd done some really short documentary pieces, um, one for a, a traditional sign writer in Edinburgh, a guy called Robin Abbey. Yeah. I mean, if you go around Edinburgh, you'll see his work everywhere. You know, on uh, shop fronts and, yeah. and cafes and restaurants and all that kind of stuff. Really interesting guy. So I went and spent like a few days with him, mm-hmm. just documenting and interviewing him. And I think I still have a copy of it. It Never. looks it looks terrible, <laughs> but did it, did you? It had the? It had the right you know it had the right idea. Right. And I did a few <laughs> I more. Right I did idea, a few yeah. more after that, and then. Uh, then we kind of got into doing the live live music stuff just before right. that.
0: But like that's always been a passion of yours, though. Like, yeah, you always like small documentaries. So yeah, like documenting its stories, ideas, and things.
1: Yeah, people and people and what they do. I mean, I um, at the time when I was getting into it, there was just there were so many great uh, short docs on yeah, like these these amazing guys in like America and Australia, and New Zealand, doing you know pinstriping cars and. Uh, handmade bikes and you know all sorts of craft stuff yeah. and I was like fucking hell there's there's loads of people in Scotland that are doing amazing craft stuff yeah. very unique that don't have anything to show for it but I mean they have photos and a website and all that kind of stuff but there's no video content for them yeah so I started approaching people and just being like can I come into your studio can I film you can I make a short film about you yeah um and then that just got momentum going I just got the taste for it uh doing it and yeah that very very quickly progressed into music and to music
0: videos and then yeah onto brand so originally stuff. it was that it was like small documentaries that yeah. got you in that yeah. got you hook in yeah the of definitely did the, the, the video business yeah. and on that note is i wanted to know a little bit about this kosovo documentary yeah because you guys just took off <sighs> yeah and went to kosovo yeah for uh what month not two weeks two weeks i think we ended up doing three
1: trips uh each one would be about a week and a half to two weeks and the
0: premise was
1: so the premise was uh a friend of jordan ian's uh jane stockdale who's a great photographer um she's now doing some really nice directing work she had gone out the previous year and done a photography project to show um it was at the time it was it was coming up for the rio olympics at the time, Kosovo weren't recognized as an independent country, so they couldn't compete under their own flag. So they weren't allowed to compete under the Kosovo flag. They weren't recognized by Rio or any other countries as, as an independent nation. Um, so they could compete, but it was under this like this European flag, this, yeah. this weird umbrella. Like a wild card. Wild card that, that nobody knew about and nobody really cared about. But... Um, they'd campaigned for, for for a long time and the the, the an Olympic committee had compa- campaigned for a long time to be recognised and they got that recognition prior to going to the Olympics. So, first of all, it was a huge thing for them to be able to, for the first time, to be able to fly their own flag at like a national tournament, yeah. a competition. So that in itself was an incredible story. And also, they they have this, uh, this judo star um, this female judo star who's just unbelievable, and and she was tipped for gold in her weight category mm. uh, for for judo, and she got it at the Olympics. She 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 won gold for her country, which is spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Yeah. But but here's but here's the thing. I mean that that's all past. Obviously that's all
0: yeah that was the last that's Olympics, all been
1: yeah. you know that's that's a good few years ago. Um, but we went out and it was all it was all kind of you know Jordan and Ian uh, as the as their company sort of self-funded yeah. this in a way and, and and you know we went out a few good few times to try and kind of get this going before before the Olympics yeah. and you know we wanted to create a trailer and, and try and sell that and, Huge get, effort, and get some funding. It was massive, monumental. Um and I think looking back on it it was just it was just too big for the four of us mm. to do on our own. Um, and we had a, we had a really good producer on board, um, but she was already busy with her own, own projects. Like she had, she had big things going on, very busy. So she could, she could kind of like give us advice and help us when she could. But um, in terms of getting funding and trailer and stuff, we got a lot of interest from, from places, uh, from distribution channels and stuff, but but nobody was really willing to commit. Yeah. So the, so the, the money kind of dried out. Uh, the trips just became fewer and farther between. Um, so we still have this piece. I've, it, it's probably it needs to be fleshed out a bit more still, mm. um, and it's a real shame because it's an amazing story. Yeah. And I think what we got was really, really fantastic. Like you know, I think the the, the stories and and the footage and and the struggles yeah. and, and everything about it was was great. But we just. Sometimes we just, we just, just couldn't hand. quite finish it.
0: Yeah. It's hard to get people to believe in this stuff as well. Yeah. Because so, that was the challenge there.
1: Yeah, the huge challenge was getting people to believe in it. And, and people did. People got excited about the idea, but if that doesn't translate into writing you a check to get this finished, yeah. to, to pay for you to go out, to to sort like distribution channels and stuff like that, yeah. very, very hard. You, you can only go out so many times on your own penny. Um, yeah, before, you, go before, before you goes bust. Before it goes bust, and, yeah. and how
0: much time do you, do you give it? You know, it's very yeah, hard. It's such a shame because I've, I've been. I was in the office at the time, so I could see yeah. some. Of, could see you guys editing and I see some of the footage, yeah. and it's the you got the story. Yeah, there's a lot there. Yeah, maybe you have some holes here and there. You might yeah, need it, to go it definitely did. Fill, but like you know, you yeah. can you can you, can, you can structure the story differently now. You know, you yeah, definitely the, the aftermath. You know, the I next don't. Th- I post. don't
1: think the project's dead. No, no, at all. I think the original. Idea and and trying to get it uh, finished and and out there before the Olympics is obviously long long yeah, past.
0: That's obviously, gone, yeah.
1: that's gone. But there is still a really good story in there. Like, I mean, still you still amazing. have good
0: characters. I mean, yeah, she, huge. The, the judo the judo lady I just cannot remember her name. Uh, Mylinda Calmendi. Calmendi, yes. Yeah. So she, she's, a, she's a great character, you know, she can yeah. be a driving character going back, going forward, you know, 100%. You go back to Kosovo and, yeah. and hear a story of her winning and definitely, and, and probably she'll, she'll start the judo school. And there were,
1: there were, there were great stories in, in the athletes who were just so close to making it to the Olympics, but just yeah. not getting there, just oh. not quite getting there. There was a great archery guy and he just, just missed out. It was crushing.
0: There. You see what I mean? Like you have yeah. These there's there's these great stories, and, and
1: then like there's obviously the, the 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 history of the you know the, of the the war in Kosovo and stuff. Um, played a played a huge part in the story that we were trying to tell, and 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 the head of the Olympic Committee had lived all that. Like yeah. he'd been through all of that, so he had you know, just a really moving story. Yeah. in that sense. So there's there's so many threads to this, and I don't think the project's dead. I think it still has life in it. We just need to just need to change the narrative slightly and and look at it. Maybe not just solely on about going to Olympics, but a a broader picture. And I think there's still definitely something in it and it's time, finding the time and it's finding the money to do it. Like we're all, we're all busy now. I mean, it's a different, which is such a cliche, but we are busy and you know, uh, (laughs) it'd be nice. It would be really nice to pick that project back up and, and uh, yeah, you know, make it work, But but we would need to, we would need to find some backing for that. I
0: think, uh, you know, the hope is um, things have changed a lot since, since you know, we collaborated more often with the guys and yep. they, they become practically an advertising agency. I mean, yeah. they do have like other ventures and they're doing a lot of different productions. So there's like, yeah. they're not a, like, a, I wouldn't describe them as just an advertising agency. Mm-hmm. They have parts of it clearly, but yeah. it's more of like a production slash advertising slash content agency. yeah i think that's fair um and uh, sooner or later we'll have him on the podcast but um we uh, we were lucky enough i mean to to meet each other at a time where it was like fun to do things and it was we just made things up and just because we could yeah and sometimes with little money sometimes with a lot of money it really depended on what you had Mm -hmm. and what was the project Mm -hmm. and i was i think it was a very exciting time because um It was just wild. It was, it like, was wild. I mean we
1: we it was just uh it was crazy because we all came together at a yeah. time where I think we were all at exactly the same yes, tipping point in our in our lives and careers.
0: We and were all going through like a big change. Yeah,
1: we're all going through a big change. Yeah. We'd all stepped out of things, so stepped away from our comfort zone. Yeah. And it was a, just a, a really buzzing environment to be in it and was, we all yeah. played off each other loads and we just worked all the time and and yes you know whether it was well paid or not we would you know we would just push it and push it and push to make it better than the last thing we'd done
0: that's so true like the yeah. amount of nights
1: oh, and um, especially with you guys I mean you know when well park came along because the team was so small the video production side of things took a real yes. back seat and that was a point in my in my a point for me when i was like okay shit right i've got to i've got to push myself i've got to sell myself because at, at that point i'd done a bit of work for other companies but i was yeah. doing predominantly all my work for for the guys and they were bringing in uh all the exciting things but yeah when wellpark came along that was just a
0: huge project for them just and to give for some you background and for, right and for Pablo. wellpark was this big um animation project for for Tenants. Yeah. It, was just, it was a cartoon series, there were 30 to 60 seconds episodes, and there were like about 35, 40 for the first season. It was crazy, it was mm-hmm. reactive. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a hard, hard time in terms of workload, yeah. but it was also fun because we were making something new, something fresh. Yeah, And it was, the, the, the at the time, I was doing animation on and off with them before Well Park. Yeah. Well Park took all my life for yeah. like six months. <laughs> uh, yeah. But the, and I, <laughs> I came out of it highly damaged after, <laughs> such a, um, it was basically crunch week for, yeah. for, for three and a half months yeah. nonstop. Yeah. But it was a good achievement and it was worthwhile. But like, yes, from your point of view, like they were, they did not have time to do anything else. Like they were yeah. writing episodes. Yeah, and I, th- I, th- I, think, I
1: think initially the idea was that they would, they would split the duties, but yeah. it just became apparent very, very quickly that they both needed to be on Well, Park 100%. Yeah.
0: It was an all-consuming.
1: Thing. It was an a f- all-consuming, I, could, I saw that happen. I, yeah. I saw that like implosion. It was just all there, everything they gave. You guys gave everything to that for a we, long time. Yeah. Yeah, we and it needed to be done because the team needed, was yeah. so small. I mean, it was essentially you and Pamela Yes. <laughs> animating, illustrating and animating an entire cartoon series.
0: Mm. We had we had um Scalfy, uh Scott right Scott Rankin. Yeah. He, he was helping uh, out with uh, some of the assets, breaking yeah. up the assets and some leap syncing. Then we got Andrew McKelvey another yeah. animator about halfway through so he did like i think he did like st- 10 episodes st- something like that sorry yeah. andrew if it was more i don't remember correctly but it was um it was it was great for me as well because like it was the first experience of sort of having a team of people i'm working with mm-hmm. like so it was like like uh, scott and, and andrew and it was bonkers because we just you know i had to figure out the system how are we are going to do this at yeah. such a speed and like the tools were like not there yet. It was only After Effects at the time, mm-hmm. Duke, and, and that was it. That's all I could use. And it had to be fast. Pablo had to learn how to draw an illustrator. We talked about this in the podcast. It was madness. <laughs> yeah. But it was the best time because we were making something. But from your point of view, it yeah, was harder. It, it was hard. You came, that blanket got pulled off of you. Yeah, for sure. I mean, what and, and I didn't really know that this
1: was coming. Like, I didn't really have an awareness yeah. that this that this was coming. So it kind of took me by surprise. Yeah. Um, but looking back is actually really, it was a healthy thing because like, yeah. you know, you can't, you can't work in a, in a freelance world and only do work for one, yeah, for one diversify. company. I mean, you probably yeah. could, but <laughs> spinning all your eggs in one basket is really dangerous. And I, I, up until that point, I hadn't really made a huge effort to network outside of that yeah. small group of people. And that just gave me the nudge to be like, okay. Yeah. things don't last forever and you're gonna have to you're gonna have to like figure things out yourself so
0: and it was like there was this thing of you know mixing business and friendship and it's never good and it's, it's like it's hard it was hard for both of us mm-hmm. for, for different reasons mm-hmm. and I think coming out of collaborating solely with one I would call a client but I like sure. not really but yeah kind of easy yeah. and client. and the, like opening, widening your horizons is good. It's a good thing for business. Same thing I had to go through after the second season of Well Park because yeah. I was completely burnt out. Yeah. Well Park, second season, we never, I don't think I ever really recovered from the first season because I had mm-hmm. to keep working. So the first season, uh, we got paid, but we not. Like, we didn't get paid a mm-hmm. crazy amount of money. It was almost like just a wage. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was more for the fun of it. But coming out of it meant that I had to, keep on working yeah you know because I had to pay them I just about flat so we yeah. were, like doing some work and it was um it was challenging for me in that respect and then we started second season which was like paid properly mm-hmm. like you know that was amazing the guys really really fought our corner to ensure that we all got paid properly mm-hmm. because the first time was a gamble for everybody we all invested our time the yeah. second one we were it was like okay let's let's do it again let's do it better let's mm-hmm. get paid more mm-hmm. and you know that that's always kudos to the client for believing in us you know mm-hmm. it was a big bet a big gamble for them mm-hmm. anyway so we i think so i came out of it and i was like now i need to find work and i said no to so many clients like for a for a freelancer starting out mm-hmm. every new client you get right that's word of mouth so yeah. you do your, your work do your best you can and the client if you likes your work that's like another, it's a hook into a new network. Absolutely. So you, the key here is to have as many clients as you can, to do as many projects as you can with different clients. So for people starting out, just don't get hung with one client, just trying to do as much as you can, because mm-hmm. that's a hook into something else. Yeah. And when you start saying no to a lot of stuff, because you have a big client, a big project, that is dangerous because you're not getting these hooks. So mm-hmm. the word of mouth can not propel itself, and mm-hmm. it's it that is a problem. Mm-hmm. And like once you figure that out, you need to diversify. You need to start like doing different things. Yeah. And like I was lucky enough that before the whole uh, well Park craziness started, I had worked on another TV show. So I've, I I quit my job at Leith. and I did this TV show with BBC CBBS um, T Travels, which was another like three months worth of work. Mm-hmm. And then I went into doing some freelance work, which I had to you know you need to work your way around. You need to get to know clients and stuff like that. So. I told Gaya, like, how did you get out of that funk? Like saying, okay, so my, my main source dried out, Mm -hmm. what can I do next? Mm
1: -hmm. It's kind of, um, you know, like I hadn't closed myself off to other people Mm -hmm. while I was working for, for the guys. And, And in a way I kind of got a few contacts through them, which was nice. Yeah. And I, I just, I mean, I just went for it. Like I just. Just I go go call, call, call people <laughs> I phoned I emailed I set up meetings, and for quite a while i wasn't really doing much work, you know for, yeah for a while um it was definitely a, a dip, but it slowly started to to get back, you know so of mm. started to get things back. I got a couple of a couple of nice clients that had a lot of recurring work, so that was kind of keeping me going and yeah. and i it's it it was just perseverance yeah. it was it was perseverance it was it was um not feeling like I was pestering people, you know, I had to get that out of my head. I had yeah. to just keep speaking to people and speaking to them properly, not yeah. just like a random email saying, hey, you wanna give me some work, was more like, here's what I've done, would be great to meet.
0: Yeah, say anything,
1: yeah. anything I can do for you. Anything I can do for you, let's have a catch, it'd be lovely to meet you face to face, let's go for a coffee, that's really important. You know, you, you could send out a, a thousand emails that just say, Hey, I'm looking for work. Let me know when stuff comes in, and you're never going to get anything back from it because you, you're not you're not offering up anything. Yeah. You have to offer something to people to 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 like you say, get that hook, yeah. and then and then follow that up with, with yeah. good work. And and hey, man, a bit of luck, bit of luck that the project comes in and you're in their headspace at the time when that project comes in. If you're in the forefront of their memory, and that project comes in, you're likely going to get a phone call. If you're not. It's probably going to go to somebody else, even if you're good enough for that job. It's
0: such a fine line. Yeah, it's such it a is. Fine line. And
1: that's the same it's now. I think I don't same. think that changes. No, it never changes. Um, you, you're you're you probably just become a, an easier recall for people
0: than before. I think this one yeah. 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 It's because you work with more people. Yeah. So it's like I oh, think you, need so. a, you need a you know you need say, oh you work with, oh, you need a guy. Okay. I got a guy. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. yeah. Although that's that's not cutting anymore because like the first thing I want to touch with you is. Mm-hmm. Being a freelancer means that there is no easy progression. Or there mm-hmm. is not straight progression. Yeah, you know, you have to progress the way you want to progress. Yeah, and if you don't trying to to like <sighs> steer the ship one project at a time mm-hmm. towards what you want to do next, mm-hmm. you're gonna get stuck in what you're doing because people then put you in the box. To put you in the box, if you work in an office, to put you in the box, if you're a freelancer, yeah, it's, it's an easy thing to do. It's the easy thing to do. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, and I know that you always, you always been interested in becoming a director of photography. Mm-hmm. You always put a lot of effort in, into learning. Yeah. You you were constant since I met you, there was all something new you were learning. Yeah. It was like the camera, the light, the lenses, uh, the different movements I can do mm-hmm. with the stu- tools I have. You were always constantly, always, 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 always learning. So it's like, how did you manage to move from being mostly, um, shooting one-man band, Mm -hmm. jobs, Mm -hmm. a video person ready to go, doing audio (laughs) or light, everything, to becoming a director of photography? It's probably, um, um,
1: it's probably a few things. So I think, like you say, since I started, um, I probably spent, you know, an equal amount of time learning as I was shooting and, and trying to put those things into practice and not just learning what I needed to learn to do that one particular job, but learning stuff, And, and, and trying to get myself into position that if something different came along, then I would know how to do that, at least theoretically, Mm -hmm. I would know how to do that. And I would feel more confident going into that job than if I just didn't know anything about it, you know, in terms of, of lighting or, or working with a crew or, or, you know, those kind of things, working the director or working through production companies, those kind of things. So I tried always from the very start to, to put myself into a position where if the opportunity arose for something then i would know how to do that whether i had done it or not before was a different story but you've always got to you've always got to do something for the first time but if you can go into that project knowing that you've given it all the research you can possibly give it beforehand then you're going to feel a bit better about doing that project and um, what happened for me was i you know i did i did courses uh, short courses i've i mean i've just the huge library of books on on lighting you know from from theory to practical um you know I I bought some lights I, I just tested stuff as much as possible I shot as much as possible I still do all this stuff this isn't something like I'm absolutely nowhere near in my mind where I want to be but I'm but I'm getting there and I feel like I'm learning all the time and I'm still learning all the time and I'd, I'd done all that, you know, lots and lots of research, continuous research, continuous research, and then opportunity arose to do a small commercial, TV-based, and in by no stretch of my imagination was I their first pick. So basically, I think what would have happened was, and I'm, this still happens, and it's totally fine, and it's something you just have to get over and don't have an ego about it, but you're not always going to be people's first pick. No if you're their second or third pick, you're still a pick. Sometimes you're their desperate pick. Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes, sometimes they've tried everybody else and they bring you in, but if they bring you in, you've got to kill it. You absolutely have to go in with everything you've got and make it really, really good. And that's, was always my philosophy going into stuff. So I went into this small commercial and I did did a ton of prep work for it, like loads, probably more prep work than I needed to do. And, uh, and it and it paid off. Yeah. And and I I came in and I was confident and they they saw that and they were confident in me and from that I got a few more TV commercials off off the back of that. So it's it was really just preparing myself in the hope that that op- so for when that opportunity came in You're I was ready. in a position to be like yes, I'll do it. I will do that. I'll yeah. do that job and I and I'll, I'll make it really good and I'll make it look really good. And it and it sort of trickled out from there. So a lot of the times, you know, there are jobs that come in and every every job that comes in poses a, poses a new challenge. challenge. So, you know, you've just always got to be prepared to have either read about it, done it or go and do it and read about it and Mm -hmm. and make sure when you, when you get there that you're confident that what you're doing is going to deliver what they want. That's a good show. As simple as that, really. Confidence, it, confidence, conf- confidence, is great. Is, confidence is a big thing, but you need to ha- you need to have all the this this groundwork to get yourself to a point where you feel confident enough to do it. Yeah,
0: because I, I want to highlight that because confidence is really important, especially when you're on set. Yeah. Especially when you're like video or director of photography. For you know, sure. You've got yeah. to be confident. Yeah. But it takes years. Yeah. You've been talking about becoming director of photography since 2015. Oh, be- probably correct? before. Before that. Yeah you like it took you a long time like it takes a lot of a lot of patience well if you if you look at it this way
1: my my trajectory to where i am just now is actually relatively in fact it's very very quick yeah very quick indeed and and there are there are multiple routes to get to where you want to be and i still i would still regard myself as quite uh young in my career Mm. you know there's there's a long way to go for sure and i have you know i look at a lot of my my peers and and people i admire and stuff and and that's the places i want to get to so i'm just constantly pushing and striving to get there yeah and i'll just keep doing that and i'll just keep going and i'll just keep pushing and and persevering with it um um i've completely forgotten my point
0: (laughs) (laughs) what what were we talking about we're talking about the that that it's not about like being rushing towards your new new yeah it's about like learning Getting a, a good, yeah, solid so foundation. Exactly. So, can- so
1: there's there's multiple ways to get there, and, and and the traditional route is to to get in as a as a camera trainee and work your way up through the camera department, and yeah. that is a, a completely legit way to do it. Yeah. And that that can take a very long time, and it can be quite difficult to 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 go from, uh, you know, yeah, trainee to to second to first to operator to to DOP. And also
0: like that way you get married with different different type of projects as well, don't you? Sure. Because you start working with production to do like TV a lot yeah. more. Yeah. And from movies. Exactly. And you start doing that type of, yeah. so which is different. That's from a different world. And, yeah.
1: I, and I've kind of like, I've leaped in from from, from the documentary stuff uh, to the music videos and, and shorts into smaller commercials and to bigger commercials. Yeah. And I'm really happy where I am. Like I, I, the, the, the commercial world is, is what I want to do right yeah. now. Like that's where I want to focus and I, I want to do more of that
0: a quick fire projects you know like you yeah. you you have like what, a week of prep sometimes sometimes prep. less uh mm-hmm. sometimes
1: more yeah if there's more that that's that's great you know you can you can get into the pre-production meetings and you you go on uh maybe maybe multiple recce yeah. you know um location and then tech and and you you get your team together and you're you're working with with the gaffers and sparks and and the grips and you've got your camera team and there's a director and there's a first idea and it becomes this, this big big orchestra that yeah. you're essentially having to, to, to kind of manage everything.
0: And mm. it's different from, on that perspective as well, because you have responsibilities now. Yeah, huge. Just if you're behind the camera is one thing, but yeah. if you are the one leading the photography is a different game. Yeah,
1: for sure. And it's, it's you know, um, to, you, you're sort of, uh, everybody will come to you with questions. Mm. Everybody, every department, art department, uh, production, uh, yeah. Directors, camera team, everybody, everybody's looking for an answer. Everyone's looking for for a big answer. But, but in that, you know, you ask them, you ask everybody else questions, and you lean on everybody else, and you you really push the project forward as a team. Yeah. You don't I've never felt isolated, even though a lot of the time I'm having to answer questions for the departments. I'm I'm equally asking multiple yeah. questions to everybody else. So it's it's very much a give and take. Um, it's just now they're they're bigger yeah there's just more people they're bigger projects and more people uh with i dare say more on the line in terms of client and production
0: and career and and (laughs) career yeah there's more on the line like you know you can't mess this up gav no i can't
1: mess it up so you know in touch with i haven't messed it up so far
0: absolutely but like that's what it is like that's what i like about your trajectory it was like you had a focus Mm -hmm. and nobody is you know Rather razor sharp as Pablo but like, you <laughs> know we all have a focus on what we want to do next and the way you chipped away at it mm-hmm. is what like I really uh, respect because you know it's like is the good old kind, yeah. But you did it in, a, in a such an elegant way, where you try different things, you try new stuff. You always, you were always humble about what you were doing, sure. and, and any project was a way of for you learning, unless it was a shite project. For sure, that's a different conversation for other time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like you know, everything you always had that positive attitude, and I was lucky enough to collaborate with you a few a few projects, especially mm-hmm. at the beginning, mm-hmm. and on that the collaboration thing, right? You had your first. Say, serious short collaboration, mm-hmm. which was two years ago, three years ago. Uh,
1: two years ago, two
0: years ago, yeah, yes. And it was, um, not required back, yeah, right. So, just reading that, yeah, out. that's okay. Say, <laughs> yeah. so, no, re- not required back, which had you know, it's gone well, yeah, and it and did really well. So, circuit. yeah,
1: I can give you a really quick background to that. Yeah, I know we're close on time, but yeah, um, we're, we're getting there. So, I worked with a director called Peter Marsden, um, on well, at the time he was working for the skinny and I'd emailed him and was like, Hey, you got any jobs? Like, you know, they were off to like South by Southwest to like cover all the band stuff. And I was like, at that time I was like really into the filming live bands. I was like sending all the stuff I was doing and things like that, but there just wasn't the money there to pay an outside camera guy to go and do it. So, so Pete and the guys and the team would just go out. So this is
0: planting a seed. This is planting a seed. About like years prior. Oh,
1: years prior, years prior. And, uh, um, we, you know, we continued to talk and stuff and, and, and a music video came up and he asked if I would shoot it. Yeah. And I was like, yes. And at the time I was like, I haven't worked with him before. It was a bigger team. There was going to be steady cam. There was, it was a night shoot. So there's going to be night lighting, steady cam. There was multiple props. We were setting a sofa on fire, <laughs> all this kind of stuff. Which and I, at the know, time. A lot of things I hadn't done before. Yeah, amazing. You know? He must but have been I so like, excited and nervous about it. Yeah, in equal measure. And, and I was like, I've got to make this. I've gotta make this really really good, and we did it, and it was a it was a total blast and it and it went well and um we we continued to talk and we did a few more music videos together um for a record label that Pete was involved with at the time and uh those went really well, and then we talked for ages we would always talked about doing a short film, and um we were like right we need to we need to get this short film going so Pete had this script. Uh, we're both from the Aberdeenshire area originally Um so it was all, you know, we wanted it to focus around the oil industry and, and the decline of the oil industry up there and we'd, we'd, we'd both seen that firsthand through through friends and family and things like that so he created this script, really short script and uh, we went and made this short film for literally nothing, like literally nothing, mm. we did a weekend shoot, we slept on Pete's parents' living room floor on the Saturday night, we shot the Saturday Sunday and that was it, and there was me, uh, my camera assistant Arif, Pete, uh, two actors, and a, I want to say sound guy. And he was he was totally good for for what he did, but he wasn't like a professional sound guy. Yeah. So we made a short film, and it and it uh, we had no funding. We we originally thought about going down the the Creative Scotland route and things like that, but it was I I find that there's a lot of I've I've never done it, and I've always been kind of put off by the idea. Um, we wanted to retain complete creative control. This was our project. We were investing time in it, so it it, it needed to be for us. So we just yeah. did it ourselves. And uh, yeah, it did it did really well. It got into the BFI London Film Festival. It got into um, a short film festival in Berlin. It went to the. Glasgow Short Film Festival, the Glasgow Mental Health Arts Festival, Inverness Short Film Festival. I mean, it just—it's still kind of—it's it's still rounds, doing yeah. the rounds a little bit, um, which is a huge achievement for
0: us all. First project, first project, first I'm, first short we've ever uh, done away properly. from commercials, yeah, and, and, and it's has going yeah, well, yeah. But well. this is like definitely an example of a positive collaboration. Yeah, 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 I definitely. Think we need to come clean, Cav. Kind of. <laughs> <We need> to- <laughs> I know I know where you're going with we this. We need to go on clean, Gav. I know where you're this going with this. This is the time. Shall right. we talk about a bad yeah, yeah, a bad collaboration? Could. Yeah, we could. Okay. Right, let's go on clean. This is the last thing before we close the podcast. Okay.
1: Yes. So Eric and I uh chatted um for for a while about doing a project together. Uh going kind of going back to the roots of doing like small documentary pieces. Yeah, don't
0: hold back, yeah. So we
1: talked and uh we both realized like, oh like we love this place, Mary's Milk Bar. Down in the grass market, like we both love the ice cream there. It's a cool vibe. It's a really interesting place. So, like, let's let's get in touch with her and let's go and uh, see if she'd be up for making a film. So, I feel sick. We did, and I think Eric feels worse about this than I do. Um, I still go in there for ice cream. Do you? Yeah. Did you speak to her? Uh, she was no, she's never been in. So, oh, actually, I, I honestly oh, she, don't think she would recognize oh, me anyway.
0: I'm trying to avoid that side of the road. <laughs> That's ridiculous.
1: <laughs> Just go in. It's fine. She'll have no hard feelings about it. So, um it was really nice of her, she gave up her time, uh, we shot an interview and we we shot some uh, content inside the, the the shop front and stuff like that, um, but I think, I don't know, I mean Eric, you can speak for yourself, but me being a total stickler, it just, like I had this great idea in my head of how I wanted it to look and it just didn't look the way I wanted it to look, you know, I, I wanted it to be kind of quirky and interesting and, and nice sound design and stuff like that and Ultimately, the reality of it was it wasn't as artisanal looking as I wanted it to be. And I think we probably could have done something more in that, but I just killed it dead. And Eric pushed and he was like, oh, we should just try and make an edit. We should just try and make an edit. And I was like, no, this this isn't. And, And a part of that harks back to the idea that I didn't want to put anything out that in my mind wasn't a progression in terms of my work. And yeah. I felt like this wasn't a progression. And it I was felt it? The only thing that we could do was just to bury it. Yeah, I think you did. T- I buried you it. You
0: physically took up the hard drive. I've got the hard drive. I mean, I think I still have the footage. Do you still? Yeah. <laughs> but, I think uh, you should keep it for 20 years' but it, time. But we'll never see
1: the light of day. And I, f- I do, I feel bad for, for for taking her time to do that. but uh, But ultimately, I didn't want to release something crap. And I felt like it was crap. I felt like I hadn't done a good job on it. And... You know the idea was there, but the execution just just didn't work out. That's that's the way I see it, and I and I and and, and that puts my mind at rest enough to still go
0: in there for ice cream. So I have not been in there since. <laughs> I think what it is for me, and I am really sorry, Mary. I really hope one day you're listening to this. Um, I probably have you on the podcast. Fuck it, that, yeah, that's going to be my way to yeah, go clean. Go um, I think what happened is. No I think. I mean I I feel bad because I value people's time of course. although I am terrible being punctual and you are the most punctual man in the world you. <laughs> always I, know, early. I know I know you fume sometimes when we hang out cuz I'm always late. But anyway, <laughs> um so I'm okay with wasting 5 minutes of your time. I'm not okay with wasting 2 days of no, your time. Okay. No, so I think what happened is I I like you had a very good vision for this mm-hmm. and we we wanted to really wanted to make it work. We want to make yeah. a series of this. Yeah. And I I think like sometimes you just lose. Sure. And you gotta you gotta take it on the chain and move on. Yeah. And I think well that's what we did. We did that. I mean like I pushed through because I was like, look, I want to at least give her something. Yeah. But I know that you were like, I don't this doesn't doesn't represent me, what I'm doing, where I want to go, Let's sure. not put it out there. Yeah. So my question is, why did we fuck it up? Um Okay, maybe
1: there's maybe there's there's maybe two two things to it. Be honest. A lot of the a lot of personal project stuff, you get the momentum going and by the time you get into it it's sort of other things have come in and it's kinda of fizzled out a little bit. So it's partly that. Partly the other thing was and I, I don't want to, to I don't want to say too much about it, but the, the, the process in terms of the, the ice cream making and stuff, I had this idea in my head of what it was gonna be like and yeah. it was just the complete polar opposite when we got there. And it, and I yeah. I really struggled to get away from that. And it and was off putting a little bit. It was very. Yeah. It just it just made me think. Ah, oh, this is, this is like, you, you you as a person are very interesting, and your business is very interesting. Oh, massively, hugely. Yeah, but the the mechanics underneath it, not so visually interesting. And mm. I just couldn't get my head into a space where you could make that visually interesting.
0: I think and that I, was I, a challenge. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that was a challenge. And I just think, it, it, you know, when that when that happened, things came in, and I was like, oh, do you know what? Let's just cut our losses. Let's not. reflect on her. Yeah, yeah,
0: That's we it. did. <laughs> yeah, I think I feel bad. I do, but
1: uh, I mean,
0: do you know what? Let us. We down? didn't
1: waste. We didn't waste too much for a time.
0: No, well, we waste a little bit, but not that much. I mean, like, I'm making it worse <laughs> than what it is, but it, it, it is makes you still makes me feel very cringy because you know I I, I would like you are not quitter when like I do I am a quitter when I think it's time to quit yeah i feel like it wasn't time to quit yet. no but, okay fair enough. but okay so what i i think what we messed up is we didn't do our prep work yeah we did our prep work but we did our prep work based on what we had in our mind instead of based on reality yeah so we went in with this this grand
1: idea yeah and it just sort of popped when we actually saw what it was really like
0: and we if we had done a research prior both of us and mm-hmm. we had seen exactly what was going on mm-hmm. we would have articulated the the documentary differently. Hugely. Because instead of being about the ice cream, we've been 100% about her. Yes. It should have been 100% about her because her story is really interesting. Exactly. So if you want to give, like if I want to give some learning out of this, you know, to people listening, bad collaborations are normal. It happens sometimes you fuck it up. Mm -hmm. Probably shouldn't have stopped altogether working and collaborating, but I think like (laughs) life took us in different ways. But I believe... If we had done prep work, so always do your prep work, yeah, properly. So mm-hmm. instead of focusing on our ideas, we focused on the actual facts, mm-hmm. we would have turned this around. Yeah, okay. we, would have, we would have filmed it a lot in a quirkier way, but in a different way. Yeah, agreed. I think that's what we messed up. Yeah. And we probably could have focused more on our, more on the business side of things, because mm-hmm. um, the ice cream making is just... Not that exciting to see, and no. that was our key point. Yeah. So to the point that we had to fake it. And yeah. when you're faking it, it's not documentary no, anymore. it's not. It's, it's a t- documentary. No, it's
1: not, and it felt false. It felt. It felt r- really it felt false. Really well, false.
0: let me yeah. put it this way: I wouldn't.
1: Uh, that wasn't a point where I was like, I don't want to collaborate with you anymore. Like no. I, no. Never, but um, and I still would. And I just think we need to find a. a we different need the project. right idea, there
0: but you like you know, like I mean, since then. It's been quite a few years. We got better at what we do. I mean, like, I kind of, yeah. I kind of moved away a little bit from video and doing more like mm-hmm. marketing, branding stuff. And mm-hmm. you're like, you moved on from being the video guy to sure. being a director of photography. So it's a different game. You're it's playing. a
1: different beast. I mean, I don't, I really, I don't do any direct client stuff.
0: Nah, anymore. you will work with production companies yeah. these days. Yeah. That's just the way it's gone. That's a natural progression. For every person in, working in video that is defined as the video guy, there is a hope, you know, if you push, mm-hmm. if you want to move on, because some people love what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, we course. know we know professionals in the industry that have been in the industry for a while, they're killing it, and they just love getting a camera in their hands and yeah. shooting good stuff, yeah. and that's fine. Yeah. But if you want to progress, there are ways to progress, especially for freelancers out there. I know we talked about this on and off when I go to events and stuff. You can you can progress, Mm-hmm. But it's a slow this is a slow slog. There's nobody's gonna give you uh, a promotion, nobody's gonna is gonna give you mm-hmm. an, an opportunity unless mm-hmm. you're ready for to take the opportunity. Yeah. and when it comes, you gotta kill it. Yeah. And if you do then you'll be fine. Exactly. But there is hope. That's I think that's the takeaway from our IP. Yeah. That's what I want to talk about. Yeah. Freelance progression. There you go. Yeah motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> right thank you very much and thank you Gav for coming over. Thank you, we, you. We we talked for two hours, for an hour and 43 minutes. So it doesn't even feel that long. And for everybody listening, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. I will, I, you know, I used to say every two weeks, but like, let's face it, it's not going to happen. So every two to three weeks, maybe it's more likely. That said.